Attention parents and coaches. Do you wish you had a safe social media platform for your youth athletes? Fortunately for you, there's a revolutionary new app that helps with just that. Introducing Small Player Big Play. Small Player Big Play app provides young athletes, parents, and coaches a user-friendly sports social media platform. The app allows users to connect with friends, make new friends, create groups, text, chat, and post pictures and videos of you and your teammates participating in your favorite sport or activity. To begin, users can simply download and sign up for the app using an email account. Younger users have the ability to sign up using their smartphone and a parent's email address. From there, users can begin to interact and engage with other users of the app. Small Player Big Play app also gives users the ability to live stream full games and events. You can live stream your event so that friends, family, or anyone in the world can see you in action. Users can also share posts from the app to their other social media accounts like Facebook and Twitter. What are you waiting for? Get in the game and share your love of sports with the world. Download the Small Player Big Play app today. Listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Rapoff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I am your host, Joe Mays. Not with me, at least right now, is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. It's just me here as an introduction. We will be doing um, a regular show here, but I did get half of it recorded already, and we're going to be listening to an interview I did uh, a little over a week ago with Wilson Football assistant coach, the inside linebacker coach, and high school assistant principal, Matt Bender. We talked about a lot of things. Obviously, most of those things revolve around the pandemic relating to sports restarting here in Pennsylvania and the health and safety plan that's being adopted for the athletics department. And it's actually on the docket for school board tomorrow night and the tentative date for sports to restart at Wilson, and obviously that would include the football team, is July 1st. Again, that's all tentative. It's hopeful. We'll know much more in the next day or two. So, yeah, we're going to quickly start that interview, but first I want to address the thing on my face. If you're watching, you can see this is a prototype of the face mask uh, that is now available on bulldoghour.com. You can go and buy one um, or two or three. There's adult sizes. There's kids sizes. You can get this one, this gray one that says Wilson football and has the retro W and football logo on it. The base is gray. There's also a red one that just says Wilson Bulldogs with the bulldog on it. You can get those on bulldoghour.com. Go to the merchandise tab and get your pre-order in. And they are selling very quickly. So if you want a face mask for football or just Wilson in general, you will want to go and do that as soon as possible. 
and I will have a reminder of that at the end of the program. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, quick run through the stuff that we need to do, get done, some house cleaning, and primarily want to thank you, send a thank you to our sponsors, May's Sandwich Shop, and Small Player Big Play. This is the first show that is sponsored by Small Player Big Play, the youth athletics app that you can get on Apple or the Google podcast, excuse me, app store. And we heard a video overview from them and you'll definitely want to check them out. They are doing great things and they could become a huge resource this fall because who knows what's going to happen with sports in the area and around the country. We also want to make sure that we thank our other sponsors contributing to um, the show over the last year. Uh, Topher's 10th and Elm Cafe, our two anonymous donors, and of course, Andy Herr. There are a variety of ways you can help us here at the Bulldog Hour. Primary among those are sponsorship and advertising, in-kind donations, spreading the word, you know, like and share our posts on social media, and visit the website. Normally, this is where I tell you when our next show is going to be, but because of the ongoing uh, pandemic and restrictions, I don't know when I'm going to get to conduct interviews and how that's going to happen with the coaches and players. So that'll be to be determined when our next show is, which will be episode four of season six. But just stay tuned to uh, everything and uh, you know, follow us on social media and we'll have all that information for you. Real quickly, before I start the interview with Coach Bender, here is a look at the 2020 schedule. Nothing has changed Start at Central Dolphin, home versus Mifflin and Exeter. Go to Martin Luther King, which is an earlier start at 6.30. Go to Manheim Central. Start LL League Section 1 play at home against Penn Manor, at McCaskey, Cedarcrest, Hempfield, and then conclude the regular season at Manheim Township the day before Halloween. All right. So I think that's it for me right now. The interview is about a half an hour long. So the last 20 minutes of the show will be me going over a few things that we talk in the interview and then uh, once again discuss state playoff brackets and the masks. So here you go with an interview with assistant coach and assistant principal Matt Bender. Okay, so um, I guess first off, let's talk about the most recent guidance that's come down from <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the state, which sure. they really kind of punted to the PIAA, who then said, let's let the individual districts take care of it. So Yeah, yeah and I think, I think you're going to see that with, with everything, um, education-wise at least. It seems as if... Uh, no one really wants to make a hard and fast decision, which I think is good and bad. Um, you know, obviously when you look at the state as a whole, if you look at the North central part, um, very few cases up there, they're probably business as usual. And they're probably been wondering, you know, why are we even doing all this? Um, and then you look at us, you know, which I'll, I'll say that we're just on the outskirts of the hotbed, if you will. Right. Um, you know, we probably need more guidance. So I understand why they're doing it. Um, but, you know, it can be frustrating when you look at it uh, through the lens of like a, an administrator in a school. Um, it, it can be frustrating not having that guidance. Um, but I expect the same to come out um, 
from PDE on the 15th because they're supposed to release some formal guidance as far as opening schools and things of that nature. So it is what it is. And then we just have to figure it out. So I'm, I'm glad that, that they, they put something out there. Um, you know, I know that Wilson is working on a plan. Um, I know that plan has should go before the board on the 22nd of June. Um, you know, which once that plan is approved, according to uh, the PIAA and, and guidelines, you know, we'll be able to get back to it um, and practicing all sports. Do you know if um, the athletic department and, and Drew or the uh, other administrative personnel like yourself, did you guys know kind of the way that the state and the PIAA were leaning? Were you able to get a jump start on this? Was there already some kind of athletic safety plan in place? How how did the recent um, declarations change how Wilson was operating? So I would say not not necessarily because you never know what PDE or PIAA is going to do. Um, just as like, I think if you reflect back when Wolf decided to put us into yellow, I think that caught everybody sort of off guard. Our cases were still increasing. We hadn't met the previous criteria that he had put in place to get to yellow. And then all of a sudden we're yellow. Um, I, I think the district as a whole has been proactive in trying to come up with um, possible solutions or plans, but I, I can't say that anyone you know, new or expected sort of guidance coming um, soon. You know, two months ago, they, they had just told us the PIAA, you know, July 1, basically, which is the end of the fiscal year or the beginning of the fiscal year for school districts would be the first time we'd be able to get back at it. But they really hadn't released any guidance. Um, but again, you know, at Wilson, we have good people that are that are out in front of things, developing plans, solutions, possible scenarios and things of that nature that we we may need to adhere to. Um, so, you know, it, it's not like it was going to take us, you know, a month to come up with a plan and put it before the board. Um, I think everyone wants to get back, um, to some type of normalcy. We just need to make sure that we're doing it safely, um, and protecting, um, you know, everyone involved so that we don't find ourselves in like a worse place, say in like September. Right, exactly. And and the health and safety has been at the forefront for the last three months. And obviously, we know the school has been, and been on top of that. And that's a huge concern for athletics because, well, not only do you want to make sure that players and coaches remain healthy and, and safe, but should something happen, it could be <laughs> catastrophic for the season as a whole. Uh, right. And that's something you have to avoid. Now, seeing the, um, the stuff that was put forward already by the PIAA. Um, mm -hmm. Is there anything that stood out to you, or, or I should say, I guess, really, by, by the state government, or anything that they said, this has to happen, everything else is up to you? Um, mask, numbers, water bottles, I'm sure. Like that. I think the one, you know, without a doubt, the, the no water bottles, um, no sharing of water, bring your own water. Um, you know, the other piece that we can't forget is, is as as long as we're in yellow, we can only have groups of 25. So, I mean, obviously, you think about our football team. We can't have our whole team. We can't have our, our entire coaching staff there. So we, we have to navigate that. Now, hopefully, uh, within the next, you know, two weeks, uh, at some point, we get to, to green, which then ups our number to 250. So we're fine. Um, so that's a concern. Um you know, I think just logistically, we're, we're not going to be in the locker room. We're going to try to limit any type of congregation. Uh, a couple other takeaways I had, uh, which we sort of already do, is um, 
you know, when we talk, they talked about your quarantine. Um, they talk about like cohorts of players, which were sort of already done, you know, by position, keeping those six or eight kids sort of together. Um, you just do the best you can. Um, and then monitor your kids and, 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 and hope, you know, that they're honest with you. And if they, they are, uh, not feeling well or anything like that, that they don't come around. Um, we are supposed to take temperatures. Uh, anyone with a temperature of 100.4 is to be sent home. Um, I'm not sure what that's going to look like yet. If there's going to be like a process, you know, with Kiernan and reporting to the trainer or I'm not sure. So uh, you mentioned uh, Kiernan, what kind of role does the uh, athletic trainers have in this process? Are they contributing mm-hmm. to the development of the health and, and safety plan? Um, can you speak a little bit about that or is it still in the development phase? No, I, I, there's, there, I guess they're still developing, but I know that she, you know, the athletic trainers, uh, given their position will have a role in developing it in the protocols because obviously a lot of it will have to go through them. So it's their capability, their resources, um, and things that they have. So I know Dom's in, uh, is actually going to meet with Kiernan and Drew, um, I think uh, maybe it's Monday or sometime next week and just sort of lay out, okay, well, under these parameters, what would our practices look like? And we're going to meet on Monday as well. Then as a coaching staff to sort of uh, hash that out, Um, because, again, you know, the the biggest limit for us is the 25, 25 people uh, per gathering. So obviously how we want to attack that is going to be important. We're going to attack that with like our varsity players and try to get like 20. I mean, you know, just in my head, I'm thinking, okay, so if we get 22 players to be able to quote unquote scrimmage, then we only are allowed three coaches there. Well, as you know, we have, we have way more than three coaches. So there's some questions that need to be answered as a staff for us um, that I think will get answered on Monday in preparation um, to get started, you know, as soon as possible after that uh, June 22nd board meeting. Yeah, and that seemed to be the point that everyone was talking about. I saw that the board meeting had been delayed from the 15th to 22nd, uh, which gave the uh, athletic department and the administrators working on the health and safety plan a little bit more time to uh, solidify it before presenting it towards the board. Now, once Mm -hmm. that is approved by the board, we had heard a tentative start date for July 1st. Is that just to give time for the individual coaching staffs, not just in football, but around the fall sports time to um, develop their own plans and how they're going to institute practices and welcome players back for um, activities. Was there a reason between the gap between the 22nd and the July 1st? Yeah, I, I think that, that you're, you're right on there. Um, time to get the, the teams ready. Uh, I think it, it's also just being cautious. Uh, you know, they didn't want to say, Oh, the 23rd and then have to push it back. You know, anytime you're dealing with uh, dates and things of that nature, it's a lot uh, better, I think, to uh, to put out a date and then be able to say, oh, you know what, we're ready. We can start, you know, June 26th, uh, you know, just rather than um, having to come back and say, oh, you know, if we were supposed to start June 24th and now it's like, no, guys, sorry, you can't start till July 1. Um, so I think it's a combination of those things, uh, Joey, and, and, you know, the administration making sure that. We do this, but, you know, everybody wants to do it safely. We we obviously don't want um, to open the doors, so to speak. And then next thing you know, in two weeks, we have three cases. Right. Yeah. And that would just be <coughs> awful for so many different reasons. But that would be a, a tough thing to swallow. So hopefully this health 
um, and safety plan for the athletics department and, and all the returning uh, coaches and athletes um, will be able to do what it's supposed to do and everything um, can proceed as scheduled. I know, you know, we're still months away from this, but have you heard anything, you know, internally or from the PAAA, PDE, the state about eventual protocols for the games when they start in August in terms of fan appearances or mm-hmm. reduced rosters, right. anything like that? I, I have not. I know that was one of your questions. Um, that you had sent me and, and I, I haven't, haven't heard anything. Um, and I think a lot of that is going to, it's going to be time. It's all time sensitive. Right. So, um, I, I like that, that no one is, is putting out, you know, mandates this, this early. Um, you know, we're, we're still in June, you know, we, we kick off in August. Um, the majority of the season, obviously, you know, September on. So I think to make a decision in regards to the fans or something of that nature, uh, attendance wise in, in June for contests, you know, that begin in September is, is, is not, not wise at this point. So, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll be okay, um, by then and, um, be able to, uh, to, to really have business as usual with maybe some, some precautions, um, you know, for the players and things that we're doing now. All right, let's let's shift away from health and safety, and obviously, it's the most important thing. That's why I wanted to cover it first. But let's yep. talk a little bit of how this uh, this pandemic that caused the end of the uh, the 2019-2020 school year <laughs> and kind of abruptly shut down. You know, your off season workouts, the, mm-hmm. the spring practice couldn't occur. Your voluntary summer program hasn't started. Uh, what have you and the other coaches been doing? Uh, both as a coaching staff and with with your individual player groups um, while you've been required to be away from each other. Yeah. So, uh, you know, having that first period is really nice. So uh, coach Palm set up a Google classroom for those kiddos and um, those players. We pushed out workouts um, to them, things that they can do, you know, at home without, you know, going from the, 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 place that they don't have any weights or anything of that nature you know a lot of body weight type stuff um and different workouts and the kids have been been doing those on their own um you know some film sessions through google hangouts um sending out you know obviously film on huddle um and having kids watch film uh, from previous years uh you know looking into uh you know new opponents like exeter um you know as a new new opponent for us um so those are the things the kids have been doing um, you know, our, our kids work pretty hard. We expect a lot of them. Um, so, I mean, obviously this is a, this is a setback, but we're not alone in this as far as the state, everyone's, you know, in this position. And, um, we just have to trust that our kids have been, you know, grinding out there on their own. And I know that, you know, they've been getting together here, especially in the last couple of weeks, um, doing some stuff, uh, in small groups, uh, on the field and things. So that, that's what we got to hope for. And then, you know, when we get back at it, it'll be all all hands on deck at the ground running, you know, whatever cliche you want to use, but got to make up for lost time. Oh, absolutely. And do you have an idea in hand, even before the the state and the PWA and the PDE all came up with, Hey, if you develop this plan, you can come back. Mm-hmm. What was the plan before the plan? You know, what were you thinking? Yeah. So we, we started on working um, on adjusting our summer schedule based on two months ago when they said July one. So we basically, um, sat down and, uh, you know, with coach Doms and threw out some ideas of what, okay, what's this going to look like for us. And then, um, I would say sometime in mid may, we found out that, uh, Lebanon Valley 
camp um was was canceled so then we knew we weren't going to to camp which obviously you get a lot of work done as you know in those four days at the camp so one of the big differences um that we have uh you know in this second part of the summer is um interactions with other teams so we're going inter- to have some interactions via seven on seven eleven on eleven with uh spring ford uh i think muhlenberg um warwick now that we're no longer playing warwick um you know, this, this upcoming season. So that's going to be a big difference. So not only are we going to have those morning workouts and lifting, but we're going to get some, uh, some, some skill work, um, with seven on sevens, 11 on 11s with some other teams that try to get our kids, um, you know, ready. It's not obviously game like situations, but it's the best you can do in the summer. So, yeah. And I'm assuming this has to be addressed in the health and safety plan. Then as you interact with other schools other, is there yep. other precautions that you need to take you have to submit yeah. something to the other school like waivers or liability insurance or anything like that yeah yeah they'll have to work on that because as you you know pointed out in that uh in that return to play plan is talks about those interactions especially um not as much i would think with muhlenberg but you know spring forward and warwick being in different counties yeah. um you're, you're probably going to need, you know, the athletic directors are going to need to okay that. So hopefully that'll all still, um, be allowed and permitted because that'll be good work for us, uh, you know, to, to try to, to prep us, um, and find out where we're at a little bit before that scrimmage with Peberg. Hopefully that happens. I mean, they're, they're, they're in a different state. Right, so yeah. there's another, there's another wrinkle, right? It, it, we're learning as we go. Um, it's the unfortunate part, but it is what it is now. I guess some of us would say the new normal. Yeah, really. Um, what is, um, the, the coach's feelings, at least initially over the, the summer period leading up to the season about wearing face masks out in the heat? Uh, as far as coaches, yeah, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. If I got to wear a face mask to, to be there, then obviously I'm going to do it. You know, um, do I like them? No, I hate them. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I hate them, but, um, you know, from a personal perspective, uh, you know, I have a son with special needs, so and and he's got some respiratory issues, so he would be, you know, an at-risk type guy. And so, you know, I just think about that for me personally, and I'm like, well, not, I don't want to put him at risk. Um, you know, so if if wearing the face mask is what we have to do to protect ourselves and others, then then that's what we got to do. Um, hopefully, you know, and I'm I'm just pretty uh I'm a pretty uh animated guy on a Friday night. You know, I'm just wondering what that's going to look like if I have to wear a face mask. Have you um, gotten any uh, custom ones made as a coaching staff? Are you thinking of like, getting some? <laughs> no, we haven't. Ones? We haven't. Um, me as the gear guy, I guess we we should probably work on that. But my wife did just pick me up one with uh, with footballs on it, so um, I guess that's what I'll sport if we don't do anything. Yeah, well, having a, a rotation would be nice. You know, have your practice mask, have your game day <laughs> mask. That's probably something that uh, that we could look into because uh, it's definitely something that I started to think about as soon as they said. You know, coaches are going to have to wear masks and maybe even spectators if they're allowed in the fall. I'm thinking right. uh, people are going to probably want something to show their support. So there's probably an there opportunity there for sure. Um, yep. Just a, a few more questions here. Um, looking at your position specifically at inside linebacker, we know there's a – well, your two guys are gone from last year. Both yeah. seniors have graduated. Avanti Lockhart, Anthony Coper um, were very, very strong starters for last year. Mm-hmm. And those are some huge shoes to fill um, you know, without having a lot of uh, in-person contact over the last, um, you know, three, four months, the entire offseason, basically. 
Um, what are some names that people should think sure. of uh, focusing on as you uh, work this summer towards uh, the start of the season? Yeah, um, those two guys were great, you know, um, for sure. They're, they're going to be missed, and there's some big shoes to fill. You know, uh, Lockhart turned into probably one of the best linebackers in the league, and, and Coper was just that, that work pail guy. You know, he came to work every day, worked hard, um, had that nasty in him that, and got things done. Um, but, you know, with that said, we have, uh, you know, Adrian Santana. He's going to be a senior. Um, now he's played, he, he had a fair amount of playing time last year, but at various positions. So, you know, sometimes in it, in it, a Mike linebacker, sometimes at a defensive end. So we've got to find that fit for him, um, and looking for, for some senior leadership on his behalf. And then, um, really, then we dropped down to, you know, what were sophomores last year. Um, so you guys, guys like Gavin, you know, Leonard and, and John Ramsey, um, they showed some promise, um, last year. Uh, they got better as the year, you know, as the year progressed, which is what we're looking for. So, you know, I would say I expect some, some big things from them. And, um, you know, and then we run it out with, uh, with the other two sophomores, Jason Beckford and David Cuck, um, see what they have. And then, of course, we got Jack Wagner. And, you know, Jack's a pretty darn good linebacker, but he's also a pretty darn good weapon with his legs. So um, his role is going to be very limited. Uh, we want to keep him, you know, as he, he is our kicker, obviously. And, um, you know, that that's a big part of our game when you got a guy that can put it in the end zone on kickoffs and, and know you're starting at the 20. And, you know, he's been uh, he's been working pretty hard via his his Twitter following him kicking field goals. And if he can start nailing 45 yarders at a consistent basis, you know, that's a big weapon for us. So we have him. Um, but again, you know, he's, he's going to be used sparingly. And then and then we have the up and coming sophomores, which, uh, you know, honestly, I, I haven't really seen, haven't had an opportunity, obviously, to meet. Um, just had a couple workouts, you know, plyometrics in the winter, um, before, you know, this all broke out. So I'm anxious to see, you know, what some of those kids have. Yeah. It's a, it's a shame that, uh, you didn't get to, uh, spend as much time with your, uh, to be sophomore players, you know, your rising sophomores, mm -hmm. uh, that, that, that last year's freshman class was, was pretty talented. You know, they're going to be raw and obviously you guys haven't really had the opportunity to uh, start molding them into the the players that you want them to be, but there's a, there's a lot of talent in that upcoming sophomore class. So it'd be nice to find uh, some young contributors, whether it's at linebacker or not mm -hmm. um, in, in the, the new class of players. So you, you know, obviously, you know, you're talking about you're being the gear guy and you kind of being an equi equipment guy. Mm -hmm. uh, people are interested, especially in this downtime season when they're just looking for Wilson football info is there anything mm -hmm. coming uniform related helmet jerseys pants anything that people might recognize as being different this season so so we're going to stick with um we're going to stick with the w in the football uh throwback we'll call it the throwback w um on the helmet that we had last season um we're going to put that on both sides this year um and and not the bulldog um so we're we're going to roll with that and we'll see how long that takes us and um and then we have we have some new pants coming, um, so we're going to keep that a little bit of a surprise. But it's going to give us uh, three options of pants. Um, they're nothing crazy, but they're they're a little more than just our traditional all white or all red. So um, I'll just tell you that they can be worn both at home and away. Um, so we're going to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, interesting. This is something that I didn't know about before I sent you the, the email. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm I'm interested to see those. Uh, in action or whenever you're able to debut them, that'll be um, 
a really cool uh, tweak. And like you said, for a long time, especially over the last, for the majority of the last 20 plus years, it's just been uh-huh. red and white. We had that one little uh, like three or four year blip where uh, the Denver Bronco uniforms yep. were used. So that was a little bit different. Um, yeah. But yeah, for the for by and large, most of the time you've been at Wilson, it's just been plain red or plain white. So uh, it'd be yeah. interesting to see uh, see what comes up. Um, and, and you mentioned the, the the vintage or the retro throwback W in football logo that debuted last year for the 75th season of the program as just kind of a callback. What what was the decision, or, or how did the decision come up to be made to go to that full time on both sides of the helmet this year? Yeah, so uh, you know we have a lot of alum and um, on our staff, and then we also have you know an older staff, people that have been there for for quite some time, and um, the staff just sort of liked it, and they were, and I was like, I said, why don't we just do let's do this next year? Let's just put it on both sides. And Dom's was, you know, we have to get the okay from Dom's for sure, and he's like, yeah, that's fine, and so uh, that's sort of how it happened. Um, yeah, we had it on our embroidered on our our coaching polos and. I was like, you know what? It's it's classy. It's nice, and and you know, tradition's important at Wilson. And because this was part of the uniform, you know, we're sort of honoring that. And uh, so we'll see. I don't know how long it'll last. You know, maybe just this year, and then we'll go back. On we'll see what happens. Win a state title, we'll have it until you know forever. But <laughs> yeah, um, no one's gonna we'll, want to change then. Right. Right. So we'll see. Well, it is. It's interesting. The um, the the W in football logo was used for I think close to or around a decade from the late '60s to the late '70s. A bulldog debuted on the helmet in '78 and had been used every single season until last year. But I mean, it was still there. It was just only on one side. So uh, this is definitely a change. Uh, you know, 40 plus years in the making, going back to uh, some of those early Gursky teams, some of the the strongest pre playoff teams that Wilson's ever had. And uh, it's interesting that, uh, that that making the return. So that'll be interesting. Did you hear any um, any negative, positive feedback from players and fans about about the change last year or this year? No, nothing negative. They liked it. If anything, there was way more positive. Um, you know, as far as hey, that looks cool, or you know, that's neat. You know, it's different. Um, so you know, we're not sort of like Penn State. We don't make a lot of changes to anything that we do and we're not real flashy, but, um, you know, it was a nice way to sort of honor the past and the tradition and, and just, you know, give the kids something new to, uh, to look forward to. Yeah. So, we'll see. I remember four years ago before the 2016 season, when it was a big deal to move from the regular red to the Chrome red, that was a yeah. big leap for coach Dom's to approve. So, yep. uh, anytime, Things are being tweaked. Uh, don't expect a, a huge change at, at Wilson. No, no. And, and you know that's it's a good point too. You know that new throwback W is in chrome, so it, it it's not uh, monotone red. You know, it still is the red chrome. So we we're keeping the new there with uh, with the old, I guess. Yeah, very good, very good. Uh, so the last two things here for you. One is just uh, give us your information on the on the coaches golf tournament you know the annual bulldog yep. open yeah. 22nd year this year it had been scheduled for um a week from tomorrow saturday the 20th right. but obviously with uh, social distancing rules that can't happen um, yep. posted some of this on social media already but why don't you give uh, your sales point and the lowdown sure. of what's going on yeah thanks for posting that i saw that on twitter um so again a few months about a month ago or whatever uh you know, golf courses were closed. So, um, we proactively met with Cheryl in the manor 
And um, Doug came up with the date, uh, open date of August 8th. Uh, so again, something new this year is we were going to have it on a Saturday as opposed to a Friday. Um, our goal there is to get some of the more, I'll, I'll say more recent alums, you know, the, 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 the 25, 35 year old guys, um, be able to get them t- to come back and not have to take a day off work. So, uh, it's rescheduled for August 8th, uh, Saturday, uh, a one thirty start. Um, and, and, you know, we're just, we're hoping that by that time, um, we'll be okay. Obviously if we're in the green, um, you know, and, and, and we got 250 gatherings, I, I think we should be good. Um, shouldn't be a problem. Um, but, uh, you know, it is sort of to be determined, um, and it's sort of out of our hands, but we're, we're planning for it as usual. Um, you know, I already have the, the koozies as the, uh, the door prize or, or whatever it's called, um, that we give out. So, uh, that's a, a neat, a neat gift, um, to keep those ice cold beverages cold. So I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of people. And people can slide their, um, commemorative pint glass from last year right into the uh, there you go this year yep. right into the koozie good to go <laughs> so yeah, yeah so hopefully uh hopefully that'll be a go um and everything will be fine yeah i know i know a lot of uh, a lot of fans former players you know alumni always look forward to participating in that it, it had been kind of the unofficial kickoff at least from a fan perspective of mm-hmm. usually the wilson hosted seven on seven was the same week as the golf tournament yep. they're kind of back to back and that kind of got people excited for the football season. So um, unfortunately it had to be delayed to very close to the football season this year, but as long as it takes place and, and can help the program because uh, it's one of the, uh, one of the biggest and best fundraisers of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, and hopefully that'll, uh, it, it'll still be a good fundraiser for us. Cause you're right. It, it's a big one for us. Um, as you know, it takes a lot to, to run a, a quality program um, that we have and, you know, we are missing some opportunities for different fundraising activities and things. And, you know, obviously, you know, it's going to be tough for some of our sponsors to uh, to be able to sponsor holes and things and with with what's going on. But hopefully, you know, the two months um, that we have, you know, maybe the economy gets a little better. People, um, you know, are feeling a little more comfortable and uh, in a better place. And it can still be a good fundraiser for us. Absolutely. And uh, hopefully I can. Uh partake and participate and get some pictures up and not crash a golf cart this year. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, you just got to be careful. Yeah. Can't take pictures and drive. It's just not a good idea. <laughs> I just learned that the, uh, the limits of a golf cart, uh, come into full effect when you're parked on a hill. That, that was, uh, <laughs> that was my biggest problem. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so the, um, the, the biggest non pandemic, non coronavirus related news happened about a, a, a little over a month ago, I believe, when the Lancaster Lebanon League voted to accept the remaining 13 <laughs> Burke schools um, as associative members of yeah. the league starting with the fall of 2022. So we got still got two football seasons before it mm-hmm. comes into a, effect. But what was your uh, initial response to uh, the acceptance and the expansion of the LL League as we know it? I think it's a good thing. Um, I think, you know, across the board that it, it's going to help. Um, it'll help us, you know, in some sense, depending on how they configure the, uh, the sections um, as far as, you know, the difficulty that you have in getting non-league games. Um, it can be a real, a real tough thing to do, especially if you're a successful program. And then, you know, depending on how the league throws that, you know, 
crossovers and whatnot. You know, if you're looking for a game, you know, week five, like uh, I know that happened in some of the Burks teams, you know, it gets, it's really tough. So having a league, you know, with the full schedule um, and being able to, uh, to not worry about looking for these non-league games is a benefit. Um, I think that this really helps the smaller schools, Joey. I think like, you know, I, I think of Kutztown, um, Columbia, Octorora. Um, you know, there's now parity for these schools. Like th- their programs may now be able to, to stay alive and survive because now these, these schools and, and these kids are going to be playing like equitable schools. Um, and, and they're not going to be going up against, you know, uh, larger schools with more resources as far as players, um, we'll, we'll say. So I, I think it's a good thing. Um, I think it saves some of those smaller schools. I know there's going to be a little more travel, but, um, at the end of the day, I think what you want is you want good quality football, um, and good contests among the, uh, the competitors. And that's what you're going to get. Yeah. It seems that from certainly from a Wilson perspective, as really the outlier just watching this happen as being a Burks team already in the LL League. Everyone was very receptive and hopeful for it when it was presented a few years ago and then it was tabled finally to be approved now. Um, but it seems to be a, a, a benefit, like you said, for more parity and equal level of play, especially for the, the smaller schools. And um, we look forward to that happening then in 2022. Wilson will obviously be in the largest section uh, grouped with many of their current LL opponents, the only really addition will be the likes of Redding, wh- who mm-hmm. Wilson hasn't played since, I believe, 2012. Yeah, so it's been a while. By the time that realignment comes around, it'll have been a full decade since the Bulldogs and Red Knights have uh, have played each other. So that'll be a, an interesting little um, local rivalry renewed after a little bit of time off. Right. And then everybody wonders, you know, about the Mifflin game, and I'm I'm sure we'll figure out a way to keep Mifflin on our schedule, albeit you know a more or a Labor Day weekend, or if it ends up becoming you know maybe week ten, you know we'll see as it as it was at some point, you know, uh, years ago, I think. Yeah, it, that's one of the things that they'll have to um, figure out as they announce the uh, final section alignment and when, um, you know, the way they have it set up, uh, teams like Wilson up in section the new section one. We'll have um, four non-league games, and you know most of those will occur at the beginning, but there'll be another, I guess, floater week at some point, and maybe that'd be a good time to put Wilson Mifflin in Week Ten, as uh, yeah. it had been done for so many, so many years. So that's yeah, I was, back when I started, that's where I think we played them. It's the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. When I when I was playing, that was uh, the final game of the season in 2000, 2001, and two thousand two. So. Um, It'd be nice to have that. Uh, rivalry games at the end of the year are always fun. If you can't have it last, uh, first was always great. But then the ad- advocation of a, a week zero opponent kind yeah. of uh, threw that up in the air. So it's it's nice to play Mifflin on Labor Day weekend because I know Coach Doms likes that alumni are around and more people make the uh, yeah. the trek back to the area if they're out of town. But playing a rival last, I think, would be the most fun, especially with something on the line. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I think the last thing here to close out is um, I asked you this in the question and answer, but just um, you know, what what's your message to the class of twenty twenty and, and your grad the graduating seniors, especially the the football players, um, you know, the athletes that had their seasons uh, cut short or unfulfilled completely. Uh, what do you have to say to the class of twenty twenty? Wow. Um, yeah. 
they're they're a special group you know they'll, they'll forever be remembered for this um and the things that they didn't get to do um but you know i, I said during the question and answer you know one of the, the, the that that phrase play every play like it's your last you know it, it's definitely taken on a new meaning for those those kids um i think that they probably have a a different viewpoint a new appreciation for the game um and for things you know um they hey some would say they had to grow up a little little quick and you know deal with things that that you know most 17 18 year olds don't have to deal with um and you know having your season canceled and things of that nature but again i think our kids did it you know with grace and dignity um i think the lessons they've learned from this pandemic will make them stronger uh you know in the future as they go off to to college military and in the workplace um but you know and a lot of times and i said this in my my response you know football i think helped prepare them with that you know you face adversity um things don't go your way uh you know not necessarily always in control of everything and hopefully those lessons they learned in football um help carry them throughout their lives um but we're proud of them. Um, wish them the best in the future. And uh, if there's anything we can ever do for them, you know, they know. But uh, reach out to us and, and we'll do whatever we can to help them because uh, they're great kids um, and we love them. Well, thank you so much for the uh, the words and the interview, Coach Bender. I appreciate you, uh, you and the uh, administration, uh, the, all the educators, the ability to adapt and overcome and uh, show uh, the resilience of uh, the Wilson community. As you um, got the class of 2020 and all the uh, classes uh, still relying on all of you, uh, prepared for what hopefully is a normal school year um, starting <laughs> at the end of August. We're working on it. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully I'll get to see you all sometime soon and uh, it'll feel like a regular football season again. And uh, just appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk with me. You bet. Thanks, Joe. And I, and I hope so, too. I think for everyone's sake, we can get some back some some normalcy and sports is a great way to do that. Absolutely. I hear it every time, you know, at least once a day, someone at the sandwich shop talks about how much they miss sports, whether it's, you know, local and Wilson related, or if it's just the grander uh, scale of a professional sports. So it's something that I think people can take their mind off of uh, the rest of things. It's a great distraction uh, and, and a learning tool. So, yep. All right. all right, Joe, all the best to you and your family. And hopefully we can talk again real soon. You bet. Take care. Thanks. Right, thank Appreciate you. it. All right. So that was my interview recorded a little over a week ago with Wilson assistant coach and assistant high school principal, Matt Bender. So appreciate him taking the time to talk with me. We addressed a lot of significant uh, health and safety protocols and then got to talk about the upcoming golf tournament. Uh, which is a, a huge fundraiser. Obviously, it was delayed. It was supposed to be yesterday, but it is now August 8th, so make sure if you're a golfer or interested in supporting the football program, that is a great way to do it. The 22nd Annual Bulldog Open Golf Tournament is Saturday, August 8th at Manor Golf Club. You can find information on bulldoghour.com. All right, so we also talked about the return to play, the athletics health and safety plan. Again, I'll just roll, roll through some of that real quickly. It has been required by the state and the PIAA for all schools to have one. Wilson's plan, last I heard, and as you heard in the interview, was to be presented to the school board for approval tomorrow, Monday the 22nd. 
and the tentative start date is supposed to be July 1st. Of course, that could change. Uh, we will have that information as soon as, uh, as there was more to say. Uh, the state, through the Departments of Health and Education, as well as the CDC, is requiring social distancing, coaches to wear face masks, individual water bottles, no communal water. And um, up until, well, until this coming Friday, gatherings of 25 or fewer for the yellow phase, which Berks County remains in until Friday the 26th. But then we'll get to move to green, which allows schools, communities, clubs to have no more than 250 people or 50% of an interior capacity in the green phase. And it must only be people associated with the program, whether it's coaches, players, or people like athletic trainers and, and people like that. Family members and spectators are not allowed at practices. You just kind of have to uh, drop off and make your way. No lingering. So those are the big takeaways. And Wilson's can be a little bit more strict. We'll find out more as that's approved and posted on the website, which is another requirement of the athletics health and safety plan. It must be posted on the school district website. All right. So last two things. Well, let's, let's talk about the masks first. That's, I don't think as uh, controversial. So let's go back to the masks here. And, uh, that's the second to last thing that I'm going to talk about. So I do currently have on the other mask. This is the red, the more uh, general Wilson-related face mask. So it says Wilson Bulldogs on a red mask with the Bulldog logo front and center. Again, this is just a prototype. It does have the ear loops, as you can see, under my headphones. Uh, we're going to probably shrink the, the uh, wording and logo down a little bit to make it more centered. Um, it covers a lot of space. It's very comfortable. It's very soft, which is great. And uh, it's being produced here locally. So all positives when it comes to it. And uh, I had the gray one on earlier. That was the Wilson football one. Uh, if you would like to see that again, Wilson football with the retro. Again, the logo that is now on both sides of the helmet. Whether you like that or not, I don't know. It seems like most people do. So that is the Wilson football one. And these are both in adult sizes. And then, of course, we have the kitty ones. Tiny little face masks for your children. These have proved quite popular, not just uh, the one that I'm wearing, but the children's one. We're actually running low on stock right now as they went up for pre-sale right before the show began. And uh, if you would like one, especially if you want a children's one, don't delay. Go to bulldoghour.com and place your pre-order so you can get a face mask for your family and for kids. We may be required to wear them at sporting events this fall. We don't know. But show your support for Wilson and or the football team by getting a mask. And here's a couple of pictures, for those that haven't seen it, of me wearing it. And then my kids showing off the kids' sizes. And that's the red one. And then here's the gray one. It looks good. Very nice. And again, these will be uh, in hand and distributed by July 10th. Local pickup only at May's Sandwich Shop. And it's going to be uh, it's gonna be good. So hopefully we can make a nice donation to the football program so that they can use that to make up for some of the lost fundraiser efforts that haven't been able to go as planned due to the uh, coronavirus pandemic. All right. So 
where do we wrap up? So something maybe, I don't know if it's controversial, it's just kind of disappointing as it relates to us and the future in the playoffs. If you recall, for a number of years, over a decade, I believe, up until the 2018 and 2019 seasons, the District 3 champion was placed in the western part of the state to have to play District 7 in the state semifinals with the right to go to the state championship. Well, that changed for the past two years, and the Philadelphia area was forced to go out west to win uh, that half of the state in order to play in the state championship. District 3 stayed in the east, um, and everything, we, we were all happy about that. But apparently back in January, I missed this, brackets were proposed that would change that, and they have now been, well, they've now been approved again. And District 3 is back in the western half of the state in terms of PIAA playoffs at the 6A level. This is all Wilson-specific, so... District 3 6A is out west, and they will have to play the District 7 champion, possibly. If you're watching and you're looking on the screen, I have the 2020 Wilson schedule, which runs from week 0 through week 9. The regular season does. That's 10 games there. Then three weeks worth of District 3 playoffs, round 1, which is quarterfinals and 6A, round 2, which is the semifinals, and then round 3, which is the final. So you're up to 13 games. And for the past two years, District 3 then had a bye. Not so anymore. They're adding a game. So now District 3 plays a 14th game against uh, either the District 2, 4, or 6 champion in the quarterfinals. Uh, There are very few teams in those districts. In fact, Williamsport is the only 6A team in District 4. There are four possibilities in District 2 though none of them are historically strong, at least not recently. And then there's three 6A teams in District 6, and one biggie jumps out there, State College. Yes. So after the District 3 champion champion, uh, moves on, they won't get a bye. They will get rewarded with most likely playing State College. And if you beat State College, what do you get to do? Well, now you get to move on to play the champion from either District 7, 8, or 10. There's only one 6A in District 8, Taylor Alderdiche. There's two in District 10, Erie or McDowell. And then there's two big ones in District 7, North Allegheny and Pittsburgh Central Catholic, both of which Wilson has lost to in the last, uh, in the last decade in state semifinal games. So yeah, you have to go through State College and then most likely either North Allegheny or Pittsburgh Central Catholic just to make the state championship. And now with the way the bracket is assembled for the next two-year cycle, the Western champion, in quotes, since District 3 is hardly in the Western part of the state, now will have to play the District 1, 11, or 12 champ. District 1 is the likes of North Penn, Springford, the Downing Towns, Central Bucks, and Coatesville. 11 is Bethlehem Liberty, Bethlehem Freedom, Parkland, Easton, and then Section 12, or excuse me, District 12, you have the normal St. Joe's Prep, which everyone is very familiar with. And then you have a new one this year, a just as talented and stacked program in Archbishop Wood. They belong in 5A, 
but because of their success in 5A, the PRAA has now bumped them up to 6A to make um, things more even, apparently, for everyone. It doesn't really help schools in 6A, but uh, I'm sure 5A isn't upset with Archbishop Wood being bumped up to 6A. So whoever the District 3 champion is in 2020 will have to run a gauntlet in the playoffs and will have earned every victory that they can come by running through the likes of State College, the District 7 champ, and then probably the District 12 champ, I would think, unless it's a down year for St. Joe's or Archbishop Wood. But that's quite the schedule. And if you'll see, you know, a couple years ago when teams moved to week zero and got rid of that second scrimmage, I thought the PIAA was trying to limit the number of games and get the schedule over with in early December, you know, get these guys back into uh, basketball courts and swimming pools so they can move on to uh, winter sports. Well, now middle of December is the state championship game. And for at least teams in district three, you're now up to 16 games to win a state title. So yeah, that's fun. There's a little nugget that dropped on everyone in the last week or so with this, uh, the health plans that are being approved, but all good, all fun. So yeah. Remember, face masks are up for pre-order right now on BulldogHour.com. They will be available for pickup within the next three weeks, probably sooner. I'm saying July 10th just to be safe, but that is the uh, the plan. Go to BulldogHour.com to get those. Once again, thanks to our sponsors, especially Small Player Big Play app. Go to the Apple or Google app stores and download Small Player Big Play. Set up a free account and uh, start streaming the youth athletics games that your kids are participating in. Make sure uh, you also visit my family at May Sandwich Shop. They've been a big sponsor of the show for five years now. We appreciate all that uh, my dad and company do for us there. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the season. Hopefully uh, everything continues to progress in Berks County and throughout Pennsylvania. The state is one of... uh, I think just three that have seen their cases drop every day or at least every week for the past two plus months now. So hopefully Pennsylvania can keep things going as more counties go to green this Friday and uh, we can hopefully get back to some part of normalcy as the summer trudges on and we head towards August and the start of fall scholastic sports. But I think that is everything that I had to talk about this evening. This wraps up our summer update. And again, I do not know when the next Bulldog Hour show will be. Episode 4 will most likely be the very end of July or early August. Just got to work out some logistics surrounding how to do interviews. So we'll tackle that problem. And just make sure you visit the website And follow us and like our posts on the social media accounts. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And um, subscribe to uh, the Wilson Football Channel on YouTube. And you'll get notifications of when this show goes live. So uh, for Justin Rathoff and the Wilson Football Program, we appreciate you watching. Oh, if anyone can see my shirt if you're watching. Got a little throwback action. This came out recently. Um, via Burke's Nostalgia. So I'm sure hopefully many of you know that Wilson was the president's or Prexies prior to 1961. 
And uh, since then, we've been the Bulldogs, but there's a cool throwback uh, shirt from uh, Burke's Nostalgia. Very, very cool. They also have a Sinking Spring School shirt. So a little, uh, little history, a little vintage action from Burke's Nostalgia. Check them out. They're on the social uh, media, uh, primarily Instagram. And they also have a uh, website, burksnostalgia.com. It's very cool stuff. So check them out. Uh, if you're interested. But that is everything for episode 6-3 of the Bulldog Hour. Remember, face mask, bulldoghour.com. Get them all you can. They're going quick, especially the kids' sizes. So uh, once again, thanks for listening to the Bulldog Hour. We'll be back again um, probably in about six weeks. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com. All player big play app, the all sports social media app for young athletes. Live stream events for your friends and family who can't be there. At home or at work, they can watch your streaming on their phones or on TV by using a mirroring device or AirPlay 2. Download the app from the App Store or Google Play and create an account using a valid email address. That's it. Now you can find friends, join groups, or make new ones. You can upload and watch your own content for free. Watch YouTube uploads for free. Even more streaming options are available with our subscription plans and in-app purchases. Download the app and start sharing with the world your passion for sports today.